0: Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Caitlin Abri Ledbetter was born and raised in the outskirts of Indianapolis. Her childhood seemed good. Her parents were successful, and they owned real estate in the surrounding area, and they seemed to be doing pretty well for themselves, at least for a while. Finances would eventually become an issue, however, and Caitlin's parents would eventually divorce. Tragically, her mother passed away in 2013, when Caitlin was just 18 years old. She and her younger brother would move to Tennessee to live with their father. In 2021, Caitlin was 25 years old. She was still living with her father, Scott, in Overton County, Tennessee. She spent her days working and evenings with her boyfriend of over a year, Dustin. On May 2nd, 2021, early in the morning, Caitlin allegedly got into an argument with her dad's live-in girlfriend, Crystal. Scott was also home and witnessed this argument. For some unknown reason, Caitlin felt threatened and panicked and would turn around and jump out of her bedroom window. She was still in her pajamas. Scott said he saw his daughter run off into the woods. That evening, there was still no sign of Caitlin and her sister would arrive from out of town to help search for her. By the following morning, there was still no signs of Caitlin. Since no one that Caitlin knew had heard from her by now, Scott and Caitlin's sister, Kaylee, would go to the police department to report Caitlin missing. But the police refused to take a report. Caitlin, however, hasn't been seen or heard from since. Where is Caitlin Avery Ledbetter? Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast and another unsolved missing persons case. Caitlin's case came suggested to me a little while back. And as I dug into her story, I realized this is an extremely troubling case for many reasons, reasons which you will soon see. I thank you so much for tuning in to Caitlin's story today. Every missing person story deserves our attention, and there are thousands upon thousands of unsolved missing person cases just in the United States alone. I do want to welcome our newest Patreon members, Tom and Unicorn Bree. Thank you so much for supporting our show and our mission. Your help continues to make sure we can share as many cases as possible. Let's jump right in to Caitlin's story. Caitlin was born June fifteenth, 1995, to parents Tracy and Scott Ledbetter. She was the second-born child in their family, and a third would soon follow. The family was living just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, and was said to have been doing pretty well financially, at least for a little while. There would be trouble on this front very soon, and Scott and Tracy would eventually separate in 1999. Caitlin and her siblings would remain in the Indianapolis area with family until tragedy struck in 2013. Caitlin's mother would pass away. She was only 38 years old herself, and Caitlin was just 18. Details of her cause of death were not made public. Soon after, Caitlin and her younger brother would move to Overton County, Tennessee, to live with their father, Scott. The only thing we really know about Caitlin, as far as who she was as a person, is that she was described as a good girl. She never got into any trouble, she didn't touch drugs, and she kept to herself. She was usually described as being quiet. In 2019, Caitlin met and began dating her boyfriend, Dustin. Caitlin was close to his family, and she and Dustin had a good relationship, as far as everyone knew. In May of 2021, Caitlin was still living with her father and his live-in girlfriend now, Crystal. She was still seeing Dustin, and she was still working. She led a pretty low-key lifestyle, but little did she know, her life was about to change forever. The Disappearance The morning of May 2nd, 2021 started quite aggressively in the Ledbetter household for reasons we aren't quite sure why. Caitlin and Crystal got into a heated argument. There has never been a very good consistent explanation for this argument. The two most reported reasons were that Crystal and Scott were upset that Caitlin's boyfriend had been staying over, but others will refute that story and say that that was never an issue with Crystal and Scott. Another reason that has been reported for the fight was something involving their dog. Caitlin had the dog in her room and allegedly Scott kicked the door open, causing Caitlin to panic. Regardless of why, it was stated that Caitlin, at 5:30 in the morning, amid this fight, opened her bedroom window, jumped out, and ran off into the woods. She was in her pajamas, which included a crop top T-shirt and shorts, and she was barefoot. And she did not grab any belongings to take with her, including her phone. But we'll talk about that one in a minute. Caitlin simply just took off running. At 7 o'clock a.m., a family member said they received a text message from her, but it was oddly worded and they couldn't be sure that it even came from Caitlin. In fact, they started to believe that it hadn't because it was just so unlike her. There was also the fact that at this time of the morning, Caitlin had already left her house allegedly without her phone. So how had she sent that text message? Later that afternoon, when Caitlin still had not returned home, Scott called her sister, Kaylee, to let her know. Kaylee wanted to come down immediately and help look for Caitlin, fearing that she could be out in the woods, she could be lost, she could be injured, she could be needing help, but Scott told her not to come. Kaylee made the five-hour drive anyway. The next morning, the morning of May 3rd, Kaylee woke up early and went to go wake up her dad. She wanted to go to the police station right away and report Caitlin as missing. She just had a feeling that something was very wrong. And even if Caitlin had run off into the woods, certainly with the rough terrain and steep slopes and everything that that part of Tennessee was, she wanted to go to the police station and report Caitlin as missing. But Scott said he was still tired and he wanted to go back to sleep for a little bit. He told her that they would go in a little bit after he woke up. It was 9.20 a.m. when Scott and Kaylee walked into the police station to report Caitlin as missing. But what happened next would shock Kaylee. The police told her they were not going to take an official missing persons report on Caitlin because she was an adult and she could do whatever she wants and anything she chooses. If she left the house of her own accord, as her father stated, there was nothing the police department could do about it. There would be no official report filed at that time. It had now been well over 24 hours from when Caitlin was last seen, and aside from that odd text message, no one had heard from Caitlin either. Panic was starting to set in to those close to her, including her boyfriend Dustin and his mother. Something was very wrong. Caitlin had disappeared. The Search This is where things do get complicated. The police didn't want to search. They didn't think there was any reason to. To them, they didn't even have a missing person. So some of Caitlin's family did come out to search, but according to them, Scott only went out to search with them one time. The rest of the time, he was quite uninterested in helping. Is that suspicious or did he truly just believe his 25-year-old daughter was fine and needed time away? Authorities never even came out to Caitlin's house where she was living with Crystal and Scott to search until a full week after Caitlin had gone missing, and even then, they didn’t go inside the home, they were interested in searching the woods around the home. Meanwhile, her siblings, aunts and friends were worried sick. When a family member did come forward and said that they received that text message from Caitlin at 7am, although there was no clarification on how she even had her phone at 7am if she left without it an hour and a half prior. This made law enforcement believe that Caitlin was not in the woods as she wouldn't have had cell service out there. I know you all probably have a lot of questions about the cell phone, and I do too. And as of right now, I cannot answer them. Did she have her phone or not? A week after Caitlin disappeared, law enforcement did bring out search dogs to the Ledbetter property, and these search dogs tracked Caitlin's scent from the home to the road where the scent stopped. There was no mention of the dogs tracking her scent to the woods at all. Authorities did not follow up again for several months, actually, believing that Caitlin likely just left the house and left with someone. It's important to note, I'm not sure if Caitlin even had her driver's license, but at this time, she did not own a car. This case and Caitlin's story received very little attention until August of 2021, when there would be another tragedy. The Fire In August of 2021, firefighters received a call that a home was on fire in Overton County, when they arrived, the entire house was engulfed in flames. After several neighboring departments helped put the fire out, they realized the fire had had one casualty Crystal Tyson, Scott's living girlfriend, and the one who had allegedly fought with Caitlin the morning she vanished. Crystal Tyson was found deceased in the basement of the home. Was her death due to not being able to get out of the home in time? There was never much information released on this fire, including the cause and why Crystal was unable to get out. Crystal Tyson was just 36 years old. The fire, rightly so, had everybody talking. Was this more than an accident? Why has nothing additionally been reported on this, especially since this was also the last known sighting of another young woman, Caitlin Ledbetter? The house had been located on Turkey Town Road in Hillham, Tennessee, and was a complete loss in the fire. Scott was listed as the only survivor. Shortly after that fire, Scott moved to a nearby town. Overton County, 25-year-old Caitlin was last seen at the home she lived in with her father, Scott, and his girlfriend, Crystal. The house was located in Overton County, Tennessee, specifically on Turkey Town Road in Hillham, Tennessee. This is a very, very rural part of north-central Tennessee. Hillham is an exceptionally small town. There isn't even a proper traffic light. Overton County in total has just 22,000 residents throughout the entire county. Needless to say, the area is rural and the terrain is rough, wooded, hilly with steep slopes all throughout. This isn't an area to go hiking or walking through. In fact, even the most experienced hikers have said this terrain is exceptionally tough and they themselves wouldn't go out there without all of the proper gear. But then again, most everyone does not believe that Caitlin stayed in those woods, even if she did initially run in that direction. About five miles to the north of Hillham, Tennessee, is the 11,000-acre park Standing Stone State Park. This is a rural area popular for visitors, popular for camping and water activities at the Standing Stone Lake, This is a beautiful and serene and very heavily wooded park. This park is about a 20-minute drive from Turkey Town Road. The Cumberland River is just about five miles to the west and also about a 20-minute drive. This is a substantial river. The Cumberland River is 688 miles long, runs through Kentucky, including through the Daniel Boone National Forest, and through Tennessee all the way through Nashville. The average depth of the Cumberland River is 90 feet. As I said, it's a significant river. It's hard to really analyze the area other than to just emphasize that it's exceptionally rural, and it would be difficult terrain for anyone to navigate through. This would go for Caitlin herself and anyone who went out there searching for her. There are some small creeks and ponds throughout the area as well leading me to believe there are plenty of spots someone could be and not be found in the area of Overton County, Tennessee. When a new sheriff took over at Overton County and some of Caitlin's friends and families thought this might be an opportunity to finally have her disappearance taken seriously, they were shocked and devastated to learn that the previous detectives had lost any evidence that they had in her file. We don't even know what that all may be, except for the one item that they did confirm was lost, and that was Caitlin's cell phone records. So could her cell phone records have helped this case? Absolutely. In addition to pinging locations that she may have been at prior to her disappearance, it would have been helpful to see any text messages or if she had any other connections to people that could help with the search for Caitlin. Will we ever know what those records held? Is there any way to possibly get those records back? It doesn't seem so. Needless to say, friends and family were devastated. Caitlin has never accessed any personal accounts since her disappearance and her social security number has never shown up in any databases. Scott has continued to basically ignore his daughter's disappearance and has since become estranged from his other children as well. They have said that he is mean and that they don't want a relationship with him at this point. Sadly, there has just been a lot of tragedy within this family. The questions. So what questions do we have in this case? Well, I certainly have a lot. Some that easily come to mind. Why would Caitlin jump out a window instead of using the door? She was a 25-year-old young woman. Jumping out the window seems extreme unless she truly felt threatened. Why did law enforcement never take this disappearance seriously, ever? Even to this day, they have said nothing on this case Despite several media stating that they have reached out to the Sheriff Department for comment, and they have never received one Was Caitlin's cell phone ever found? What was the story with the cell phone? Was Scott or Crystal's cell phone records ever looked at? They were the last known people to see Caitlin to be with Caitlin. Could their stories be verified? were they even checked? Were Scott or Crystal ever questioned? Was the cause of that fire in August of 2021 ever investigated? And if so, what was learned? Nothing was ever publicly stated. What else do we know about Crystal? What does her family think about all of this? Has any of her family ever spoken out? What was Scott's statement on the fire? Again, he was listed as a survivor, so he must have been home when the fire began. So what do you think happened to 25-year-old Caitlin Ledbetter? Caitlin is described as a Caucasian woman standing 5 foot 2 inches tall and weighing around 160 pounds when she was last seen in May of 2021. She was 25 years old then and would today be 28. At the time she vanished, Caitlin had longer blonde hair. She also has blue eyes and has several tattoos, including musical notes and a feather on her forearm. She was described as wearing a blue sleeveless cropped shirt, white pajama shorts with blue polka dots, and she was barefoot. She was certainly not prepared to navigate the heavily wooded areas of Overton County, Tennessee. Anyone with any information on the whereabouts of Caitlin Ledbetter is asked to contact the Overton County Sheriff's Office at 931-823-5635. This case really needs pushed in the media especially to help it get the attention of law enforcement. There is so much in Caitlin's disappearance that doesn't make any sense. And so much of it raises red flags. You can show your support for Caitlin's family, those that are hitting the ground and pounding the pavement hard to try and find Caitlin. Go follow their Facebook page that the family has set up for Caitlin. You can find that at Help Find Missing Caitlin Ledbetter. I will also put that link in the show notes for you. Show your support to the family and let's get those follower numbers up so her page will get shown to more and more people. Share Caitlin's story any way possible. Her siblings and her family deserve answers. This May will mark three years since Caitlin's disappearance. Caitlin's story did come suggested to me from a listener. Thank you so, so much for sending me Caitlin's story. I completely agree. This is one case we really need to push for answers on. If you have a story suggestion, perhaps one from your hometown or one you came across that you feel needs more attention, please send that to me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. You can also find the Where Are They podcast on Instagram, X, Facebook, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to me on any of those platforms as well. All of those links will be in the show notes. If you'd like to help the podcast and these stories reach more listeners, please follow our show. Leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. This does help our podcast get shown to a wider audience. The more people we reach, the higher likelihood someone out there just might come forward with some information, or it may help put the pressure on those in charge to keep working this case or to work this case harder. I'm fully convinced in the case of Caitlin Ledbetter, someone out there knows something. Again, I want to give a big shout out to Tom and Unicorn Bree for joining us over on Patreon, This is what helps keeps our show going, and most importantly, allows us to make donations to the families of the missing. You can join Patreon for just $3 a month, and there you can find bonus episodes as well as ad-free episodes. If you are unable to join the Patreon detective group at this point, there is also an option to at least follow the podcast over there at no charge, and we invite all of you to follow. Thank you again to all of our listeners for helping us get these stories out there. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.